Hello and welcome to the latest Pensions Expert podcast. I'm Sophia Imerson, Associate Editor, and in this episode we'll be talking about the recent spring statement. As widely expected, there were no major pension announcements. Instead, Chancellor Philip Hammond used the statement to focus on the bigger picture of better debt and growth forecasts, stressing that there was light at the end of the tunnel. While Hammond described himself as feeling positively Tigger-like about the promising projections, what does it all mean for pension trustees and savers? With me to discuss this are Linda Whitney, partner at Aon, and Hugh Nolan, President of the Society of Pension Professionals and Director of Consultancy Spence & Partners. Linda, while there was no mention of new pension policies in the recent spring statement, uh, Philip Hammond highlighted that the UK economy continues to grow with the country's debt burden set to fall. Is this good news for defined benefit funds? Well, I thought it was interesting that Philip Hammond said he was Tigger-like because actually the debt burden's only falling uh, quite a small amount from 85% of GDP at the peak to 78%, um, which is nowhere near the pre-crisis levels, which were below 40% back in 2007. Economic growth, uh, although there, is still modest in, in global terms. But overall, what impact does that have on pensions? UK economic growth uh, has less impact on DB pension assets as the UK only makes up about 6% of the global equity market. And, And even then, the top companies in the FTSE 100 have got a lot of overseas earnings anyway. Gilt yields have nudged up a little on the announcement, um, which will typically help, but it's probably a bit small to be meaningful. Overall, I think there's much bigger uncertainties out there, both for gilt yields and equity returns, whether that's the impact of protectionist trade policies or decisions by the Fed on how they move the rates. It's a very modest change in the outlook. Gilt yields remain very low, uh, artificially low, due to the distorted market from the government pushing uh, austerity and lower debt means there's less issuance of gilts so there's limited supply there's enhanced demand from insurance companies and pension schemes who are trying to match out liabilities and that's going to keep these liabilities up at a very high level and deficits in pension schemes remain stubbornly high obviously any relief from that is gratefully received uh, but growth remains very anemic and there's nothing to change things dramatically overnight I think there's a real challenge here for some companies across the the UK where the the positive news is only affecting a fraction of our economy and not by any means everyone. So we do have employers who are seeing a bit of modest growth coming through. Modest might be a little bit uh, exciting as a word. It might be more like anemic in in my view. Uh, But we also have employers who are struggling dramatically. And as Linda highlights, trade wars can only make that worse. Auto-enrolment minimum contribution rates are set to rise next month and then again in April 2019. The Office for Budget Responsibility estimates that the continued rolling out of auto-enrolment into workplace pensions will reduce average earnings by 0.4% by 2021. So what does this mean for savers? Again, it's probably going to have a very limited impact. Uh, The beauty of the auto-enrolment increase is they've been staggered to be put through in April, where we have personal allowances changing and a lot of tax changes. So people might not even notice the impact on their pay packets, especially when people are paid irregular amounts. It might just go through fairly unnoticed. And we're still very hopeful the power of inertia will keep people invested in auto-enrolment schemes, which is fantastic news because, of course, the employer pays a share of those contributions, which means that people are, are getting much more bang for their own money when they invest it. As far as 
other saving rates go, uh, then that lack of economic growth uh, and the restriction on wages is going to keep pressure on interest rates, keep them perhaps at a, a lower level they might otherwise be, which means that savers will still be struggling to get a high return on investments. And Linda, given that the spring statement was unsurprisingly uneventful with regard to pensions, what do you think we could expect from Hammond's autumn budget later this year? Well, actually, I'm expecting uh, bigger news from the DWP between now and then, perhaps than in the autumn budget itself. Uh, But to answer the question directly, um, it will be interesting to see what the autumn budget does bring. I mean, after a lot of change over the last few years, I'd be calling for a period of stability from the Treasury. Although perhaps with a little simplification, uh, that wouldn't go amiss. I mean, I still find uh, annual allowance tapering extremely messy, Um, not in terms of the principle, which is a political decision about what you do for higher earners, but just in terms of the implementation, where you don't know what you can put in until after the event. We could also see some simplification and some benefits of fairness for lower earners if we sort out the detail of net pay versus tax relief at source. A tricky area, but one that could make a real difference for the lowest paid. I mean, if we did see big news from the Treasury in the autumn budget, it would be them tackling the whole pension tax system in a big way. Um, And that would be a change from the current um, exempt, exempt taxed EET uh, regime, um, in which case I would advocate something that was TEE but with explicit bonuses. And that fits better with the idea of matching and bonuses that people are used to in a DC environment. Now, although um, that's a system that you'd want if you had a blank sheet of paper. I think that's pretty tough for the Treasury to actually go for. So I'm not convinced that they will. Um, I mean, it's tough to see how you do the transition for final salary. And actually, the government doesn't have that much legislative space in the timetable. So as I mentioned, I think the bigger news uh, for the rest of 2018 for pensions is probably going to come from the DWP rather than the Treasury. We've got the white paper that we're expecting um, soon, and that's going to look at distress schemes, scheme consolidation, and probably another look at the RPI-CPI debate. And in addition, we may well see DWP news on auto-enrolment for the self-employed and Collective DC. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Hugh. For more on DB and DC pensions, please visit pensions-expert.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.